from Hans Oval to Durian Bay Sports Ground, Boulder City to Cable Beach, Pilbara to Peel, covering footy in regional WA. This is the WA Country Footy Podcast. Welcome to episode two with the WA Country Footy League Podcast. We are streaming on all different platforms, Uh, although we're a little slow to get up onto the Apple platform. That's because they've made it a little hard for us, but that's okay. Uh, You can catch up on all of the details on Spotify, on Google, on iHeartRadio already, Uh, but we're just waiting on the final approvals from Apple. But that's okay. That'll come for us. You know what else will come? Plenty of guests as well. Michelle Harris is one of our first guests today from the WA Country Footy League Podcast, uh, the female coach our first ever women's team for the representation of the WA Country Footy League is happening at uh, at Fremantle Oval that's coming up for us this Friday night well tomorrow night if you're listening today if you're listening on Saturday it was last night and if you're listening on Sunday it was on Friday night but anyway uh, that's schematics when it comes to listening to podcasts at the moment but we'll hear from Michelle Harris on her team and how proud Michelle is to represent the WA Country Footy League in what is the first ever women's representative team outstanding we'll hear from Craig Walker well he's been around the traps a few times. It's his sixth time as coach of the WA Country Footy League team and we'll hear from him about his team and some of the potentials that he'll come up against for that game which is at Fremantle Over Again, if you're listening, uh, it is on the Friday after this podcast is being recorded. Also joining us, some details on the quarter football centenary and we'll hear from Quarter Footy Club and their president is Nick Chandler. He'll join us with all of the details there. Peter Waters will join us from Ben Cubbon as well on their centenary as well. Now both clubs were due to have it earlier but with COVID restrictions affecting us in the start of July well uh, they've pushed their events back a little and we've got those games which are coming up for us this coming weekend so lots going on it is Think Mental Health Round as well we're encouraging you via the WA Country Footy League to jump on board and also talk to a mate this particular round we've got a whole lot of great things happening in all of our leagues right across and Think Mental Health are a massive supporter of the WA Country Footy League so wherever it is that you are make sure that you're helping your mates out make sure you're having those conversations with your footy team make sure you're having them with individuals in your team generally you know if you've been around a team for now and and you know you've only been with that club for this season you can sort of sense when things are not right make sure you are finding the opportunity to talk to a mate and also make the most of uh, you know your friendship because you never know where a conversation can lead and it is a in particular a very very big week for country footy as well so a lot's going on and all of the details on how you think mental health around can help with you are on the West Australian Country Footy League Facebook page. Check in with a mate. You can talk to a GP. Um, you can talk to them about your symptoms and how a mental health treatment plan can affect you as well in a positive way. Thinkmentalhealthwa.com.au, a big supporter of the WA Country Footy League. Well, our second big podcast week for us and a guest who is part of the first episode and is now part of the second episode as well for two completely different reasons, but they are both very, very vital. We welcome back Michelle Harris, who joins us, who is the coach of the WA Country Footy League representative squad for the ladies. And Michelle, it's great to have you back. How you been in the last week? Good? Yeah, not bad, Glenn. Yeah, yourself? Yeah, very good, thanks. Uh, you, yes, good. You're back from holidays. You took on Bustleton very quickly. We'll talk about the South West Footy League. You took on Bustleton. How did that game go for you on the weekend? Yeah, look, um, I could talk to you about it for ages, but um, just comes down to the fact that Bustleton were way too strong for us. Okay. So they're, they're looking very, very good at the moment. Very good to see. That was three plays, two down there in the South... Sorry, three plays, one down there in the Southwest Footy League for the games just gone on the weekend in the women's round. But we are here to talk about something that is very exciting. And, Michelle, it must be a huge honour for you to be the first coach of the West Australian Country Footy League women's squad taking part in a game on Friday night. 
It is, Glenn, yeah. It's a, um, a really big opportunity for the girls. And I guess um, over the, you know, female football has just had a huge growth over the past six or so years. And it's definitely here to stay. And that's sort of reinforced by opportunities such as this WA State um, game. Um, being created and then presented to the to the players. So, yeah, it is. It's really exciting. Now, Michelle, I'm going to ask you about the selection process because uh, I know we've got Craig Walker on the podcast a little later on. I, I have already caught up with him, so I do know his answer when it comes to selection. But uh, we do hear a little bit, obviously, that would have taken place at the carnivals that unfortunately didn't happen. So the, the process to get... Uh, selection for this particular squad was probably no doubt a little harder for for the ladies involved, but also for the selectors too. Yeah, it was. Um, With no opportunity um, in the carnival, um, the Nutrient Carnival, um, for them to sort of showcase what they had, um, it's gone down to, or it's gone back to Kane Benson from the West Australian Football um, Commission and um, the coach of the Nutrient Carnival team, which was Max Jetta down here. Um, he had a, a fairly big input um, into, you know, I guess the Southwest players and then all other um, regional coaches were also contacted um, for their, you know, high suggestions as to who should be part of the team and um, and why. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, but Kane was definitely a, a key part of putting all that together. Bounce down for the women's game is at 10 past six. So you're just before the men who are at 7.15. The format for the game, Michelle, is it uh, pretty similar to what many ladies would have played in their local leagues or is it a a little different? It's only about an hour and five minutes, the the difference in game time there. Yeah, yeah. So they're shorter quarters um, than the boys and then we have a um, a brief sort of presentation um, in the uh, club rooms afterwards. Yeah, I think they give a best on ground and, and things like that. So, yeah, it'd be um, good to um, get together with the girls afterwards and have a chat about what they got out of it and what they learnt. Um, yeah, their thoughts on the whole on the whole um, venture. Well, it's great now, Michelle, that we've got this pathway and that's exactly what it can be for our country footy players because for many of them, the, the women, obviously, it's the first time this has ever really been done where we can see a representative squad. No doubt there'll be some talent selectors there or at least tuning in in some way, shape or form to find out how and where these upcoming ladies are, are coming along and coming from because this is going to be enormous for the state for football, for, for women's football. Yeah, I would like to think that there would be um, some talent spotters out there for sure because, you know, females have, have now got the complete pathway from juniors. I mean, in most in most regions, they've got the complete pathway um, from juniors right through to representative and, and AFL opportunities. So, yeah, it's coming along um, really well. And, and as, a, as a spectator and as a coach, um, I guess we can all agree that the, the quality and the standard, the skills and everything is just... Um, coming along nicely each each year and developing at a at a really good rate now for for the for ladies involved uh, this is going to be pretty tough to, to be almost instantaneously bonding with with each other in, in a in a physical sense I know that there's been teams meetings and the like with with the women who are involved but what's the preparation like for you as a coach Michelle what sort of uh, game plan do you have heading into not so much the actual game but uh, more so yeah, to, to, yeah. to get the players together to communicate? Yeah, I guess it's um, keeping it simple will be my motto. The more instructions you you give them, I think the more complicated you make things. And, um, you know, obviously their their passion, 
they're, they're there because they love playing football and I think that's probably the, the, the main thing or the main reason why, why you know, um, or the only thing that I guess that they should be trying to get out of it is um, play or the best that they can be, I guess, and show, show what they've got, try and extend themselves, challenge themselves. And, yeah, to put too many instructions um, on them, I think, will just limit that and take a bit of creativity out of it. So very minimal instructions will be coming from me. Um, it will be a bit player-driven, I guess. I'll be getting them into their groups and they can come up with um, goals that they want to achieve. And, yeah, we'll probably take it from there. But from my end, keep it simple. Lovely. Now, uh, you've got the team with you there, I believe. Uh, can you just give us a bit of an indication? Because obviously some of the leagues that have been around a little longer may have some more predominant numbers of players, but we've tried to get a good spread right across our regional areas. Yeah, yeah. Um, it definitely looks that way. Um, and I think it has gone on the size of the league, how many years um, they've been operating. Um, and, yeah, numbers are sort of appropriately um, apportioned in, in that way. So we do have girls from all over the state as um, far north as the Pilbara, which is, which is really exciting, and down to the Great Southern, so from all over. Great to hear and great opportunity for them to get a big stage as well to be able to, to bounce down from 6.10 on Friday night as part of that with. Now, your support staff, who's alongside of you, Michelle? Because, uh, look, no doubt it's not just one coach that makes it all happen to, to help get the team out there this week. And you mentioned uh, Kane Benson previously and, and others who have been part of this, but uh, there must be some people who will be helping you out, uh, whether that be on the coaching bench or uh, on the interchange bench to help get the girls up and about. Um, well, Mike Kane has his um, football commission team that will be there, and of course, Kane will be um, alongside me. Um, I do have a very highly qualified um, strength and conditioning uh, runner that I'll be taking up there from the Southwest, uh, Jamie Douse, who looks after all our talent um, and coaching down this way. So, um, yeah, he'll definitely be making the trip up, and I think he's doing. I think he's even running for a state game the next day. So he's, he's a busy man. Great to hear that there's lots of uh, input right across the board for you, Michelle. We wish you all the very best of luck and, and what an honour it is to lead as the coach for the WA Country Footy League team, the women's side, for the first time ever having a representative squad from country Western Australia. Michelle Harris, thanks very much for your time on the podcast and we look forward to seeing and uh, hearing a bit more about this big game coming up for us. Yeah, thanks very much for the chat, Glenn. It's a great chance for us to be catching up with the WA Country Football League men's coach now. We heard from Michelle Harris earlier in our podcast, but Craig Walker is into his sixth year as the leader of the men's side, and he joins us as part of the podcast today. And, well, we've got the squad that's named and ready to take place against the Perth Football League this weekend, and Craig's going to give us all the details. How are you, Craig? I'm really well, Glennie. It's uh, great to hear you on this format. Uh, I've heard uh, your podcast so, to date and uh, very impressive, mate. You're doing an awesome job. No, thank you, mate. Good to spread the, uh, or spread, I should say, the WA Country Footy League message far and wide with all of the uh, the leagues and, and all of those players across our great state. Uh, thanks, Craig. Appreciate that, mate. But for you, how are you going with this, your sixth campaign as the coach of the WA Country Footy League team? Well, really well at the moment, Benny. It is a slightly different, um, it's a slightly different year to what it has been. Obviously, with COVID and no country week, so we didn't have the format. Uh, we had COVID in 2020, and so we it wasn't a, we weren't able to travel and play South Australia. And of course, yeah, they had their issues financially with trying to 
raise some revenue to run their state football program over there because I get that out of Adelaide Oval predominantly. So it's been a really, uh, a really challenging time. So you know, from when we first started, I think when I first started was when Liam Ryan made his debut for the state side, and then the following year he went to uh, went on to um, play for. Uh, Subiaco, and we've had a few other boys that have come through. Obviously, uh, Lewis Upton and a few others that have gone on and had some pretty handy waffle careers. So, yeah, it's been it's been very very rewarding, and it's also been uh, extremely challenging to say the least in the last uh, particular last two years. Well, your selection for this particular carnival or for this particular game, I should say, normally comes out of the Nutrient Ag Carnival, um, and that just helps solidify some of those players in their spots because no doubt you go through some of those squads right across the state to see who you know who the best of the best are. You've got some several spies, no doubt, at different leagues around the place as well. So how was your selection process for 2021 compared to previous years? Yeah, well, it's a really good question. We've been asked that a few times by people. So what we did is uh, between Brent Sheridan, Kane um, Benson and myself, we were the final selection committee. We sat down and we actually uh, pulled up 2019's team and we had a look at to see who's playing available throughout, uh, throughout WA still and uh, how they're performing. And from there, it was just a process. Uh, we evaluated every one of those players and, and their form and, and what's happening with them. And then we also went back through the leagues um, a lot of names have sort of rolled on continually. If you have a look at, you know, like there's uh, there's a number of guys like Holmes, and, uh, young Brad Holmes, he, he went down and played Waffle for Peel. So we've always had a very close eye on him. We've had guys in, the, you know, in every league that we've spoken to, some presidents and past uh, state representatives themselves, um, some very talented footballers. So we've probably uh, in conversations, had conversations with 20 um, people that we think and uh, rate highly their football credentials and you know, a couple of the biggest things that we've had a look at, one of the key factors was the players that were selected this year had to have nominated and made themselves uh, eligible to play at, uh, at Nutrient uh, Country Week. So if they didn't make themselves available, unfortunately they were ineligible for state selection and we think that that's a critical part of it given the amount of money that Nutrient put into and, and what we're trying to achieve by rewarding the players who reward their leagues and reward their clubs by making themselves available to play representative football and if you can do that well then you you're eligible for the next step um so yeah we to answer your question in a shorter way it's uh, yeah it's been it's been great because we've spoken to a lot of people around the state and different ideas and you know um we've heard of uh it's interesting because some people who watch football say well this boy's a gun this boy's a gun but then when you actually speak to some people who've uh, got a lot of credentials in football they'll say yes he's a good footballer but not up to this level or he is up to this level, maybe he's playing out of position. And um, one of the hardest things that we have is we've picked a lot of players who are going to play in certain positions. And a lot of the lead, leading players that are around our state at the moment are all midfielders. But, you know, of course, as you know, you can't play a, uh, a ruck rover out of the back pocket or you can't play, in, well, most of them would like to play in the forward pockets. But, uh, you know, you've got to make sure you're picking the right apple for the right card. Yeah, definitely. And that is part of that whole process that you've got. And then funny that, you you know, as part of that conversation, you're just saying then, uh, you know, different conversations with different people, what you see externally versus a role that is internally, having that intel from a club or from a league point of view is probably pretty vital in your selection process as well. Yeah, it is. It is. But it's also very vital to have a lot of guys who, um, 
you like, if we have a look at Ducky, who's out in the Eastern Districts, and we value his opinion. He's been around a long time. We've also got Jesse Crichton, who's still a current player, who's in the Southwest, who's you know coming out of the AFL system a few years ago in East Fremantle, and has been heavily involved and spoken to a few. You got Blakey Borrett, who's uh, come out of the Waffle again, is coaching out in York. So he's uh, yeah, we value his opinion that, as to what's going on. We've got Lewis Harvey, who's floating around in you know who's a former vice captain of the state side, who's been involved in the program and um, was the association coach in the Central Coastal Midlands. So we've got yeah, we've got guys that are all over the place. Obviously Jamie Nani, who's a you know, a champion coach in his own right in the Southwest and. Um, and uh, Big Rexy, who's out in uh, Upper Great Southern. So there's a lot of guys that have been around the system that we rely on them heavily. And, you know, this is... Um, we'll welcome anyone's name being put forward, but at the end of the day, we sit down, as I said, with the final decision. It's going to be myself, Kane, and uh, Brent Sheridan. So we, uh, we make sure and we... There's a number of criteria the players have got to tick, and that's attitude, commitment, dedication, and are they a genuine country boy, and what are they giving back to their club? Are they turning up and just taking money, or are they actually giving back to their club and their association? And there, there's some of the criteria, and I know some of the um, you know clubs call it a no, no certain word policy, but yeah, you know, we adhere to that as well. Yeah, I think character and personality is a high. Um, attribute that we're looking for as well as skill and talent. Now, you get the opportunity to play after the the women as well, and obviously we've heard from Michelle Harris earlier in the podcast, but uh, a great opportunity to be having representative men and women's sides moving forward as well for you. Uh, uh, Craig? Oh, absolutely. The, you know, the first time the women are getting to play state footy, I think it's fantastic. You know, the, the, we've watched a fair bit of women's footy since the inception of it a number of years ago. And I think uh, leading into a, an association game, I think it was only Peel and um, and uh, South West that were playing at that stage and maybe a representative side. But it was it's great to see it is where it is at the moment. You know, the, the women's footy has really come on leaps and bounds. And, and it's a great opportunity as well to uh, to have... Michelle on board, you know, as, a, as, a, as the first female coach, and I think it's um, she's well deserved with her uh, what her achievements of what she's done, and uh, it's a, been a very big challenge for the guys to put their team together as well, because it's all uh, without a country week as well for them to to come together. Yeah. I think um, they've had the more difficult job than what we've had, um, at least in uh, the men's part. We've had uh, years of history and. And that, that we can go off, but the women's, it's, uh, it's a little bit harder. And I take my hat off to them. I think it's going to be great. And I'm looking forward to watching them before our game. Wonderful, mate. You start at 7.15 at Fremantle Oval, mate. But uh, tell us who is in the squad, who's made the lineup for the 2021 WA CFL team for the men. Well, what I'd like to do is actually name a couple of guys if you're coming down to have a look at. Like, as we said, Brad Holmes is coming out. He's, he's, I think he's kicking a bag of uh, down in the Southwest Footy League. We've got the two houseboys that are coming up out of Ongarup. Uh, got young uh, Woods out of uh, Great Southern Footy League. Uh, Joyce from out of Upper Great Southern. Harry Taylor's coming in to have a bit of a run out of the GNFL, who's really been playing good footy up here. Nate Phillips, who uh, in our game in 2019, he broke his collarbone, so... Uh, he uh, he gets another run in it, and he's a he's a cracking young fella. Great to see a fella who's been always around it. Then Simon Peniza, and um, also we're having Giannardi, who's coming in as well. A young talent. We'd love to see uh, if you get a chance to come and have a look at out of fullback. Will be young Bookby, um, a young boy as well out of the GFL, Jamin Alone. 
obviously Schofield, but you know, leading from the front is going to be our captain Jesse Crichton, our vice captain. There's Geordie Delbridge from uh, 2019, and Kingsley Smith will be the other joint vice captain. Um, you know, Jacob Green coming out of the Central Midlands Coastal, Blake Borrett, as I said, is the ruckman. Lewis Upton has returned from Subiaco to go and play for the uh, Pilbara up in the in the north, so he's coming down to have a run as well. Um, we've got key big Cam Simons, who congratulations, he's had a, well, he hasn't, but his partner's had a little one just yep. recently, yep. so it's great to have him on. Young Whitey out of Upper Great Southern, uh, Miller out of Peel, and uh, a young fella uh, that you know very well is young uh, young Dean out of uh, Goldfield. So there's some um, some really good, talented footballers that are coming through uh, that we're really excited to see, uh, particularly the houseboys, because there was some big raps on them where they won a grand final and were able to turn it around. Bultby's had some really raving reviews out of him out of the Avon League, so we're looking forward to seeing him. And, of course, the big work, of course, in Blakey Borough, who uh, won our medal a few years ago, and he just is a, is an absolute champion bloke and, uh, and a real workhorse. So it's great to see him uh, up and about as well. Now, uh, I see your opponents in the, the Perth Footy League have put out their squad already for us. Uh, leading that squad, a couple of uh, Subiaco players, yep. Ron Sheen and Scott Worthington. But Scott Worthington, surely there must be some banter. He's crossed over to the dark side. He's out of the country system and he's now playing for Scarborough. Um, but uh, he's been a former leader when it comes to the WA Country Footy League team, hasn't he? Yeah, where those, uh, he's a class act. He's, uh, he's, been on, he's been on our side. He's... Uh, He's a, he's a great leading full forward or centre half forward. He's a, he's a big bodied unit, and uh, we've had to change up our game plan a little bit. So <laughs> he's not uh, he's not up with what we're doing. But yeah, it's absolutely fantastic to have to see him come up, and and that's that's a great thing about what what's happening is that we've got some of the boys that are playing in the bush and for whatever reason go to the metro area and and have a bit of a run down there, and they can still be involved in this state program, be it for the metro side or the for the country side, and you know. It's going to be interesting to hear the chatter because he is pretty chirpy and uh, it is rather funny to hear some of the comments. So it'll be interesting to see how he goes against either Kingsley Smith or Young Bulkby uh, out of full-back or centre-half-back. So um, the challenge has been thrown down and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing where they're on uh, tomorrow night. Oh, I bet you are, mate. Uh, the WA Country Footy League teams, both the women and also the men, are at Fremantle Community Bank Oval. That is where there's a big celebration as well as the uh, Perth Football League celebrate 100 years this year. But uh, we're right behind the WA CFL team and great to have Craig Walker here who's got a lot of experience with not only the team but also with regional football as well and to hear his expertise. Craig, go well this week, my friend, and all the very best of luck and no doubt all of our listening audience will be right behind you whether or not they're listening to this after the fact or before the fact. Nonetheless, it's a, it's a great opportunity to hear a bit more about some of those great players that are around our state and getting to represent the country level. Absolutely, mate. And I really appreciate your time. And as I said, you know, it's, it's so good for country footy that's getting on at the moment. We uh, we support every one of our leagues. And if you do get a chance and you're down in the, in the big smoke, come along and have a look at it because I'll tell you what, you'll see some of the best football that's going on at the moment. And I'll, and it's actually better than some of the waffle football. The physicality, the skill, uh, the uh, the chirps that you're going to hear from the sidelines is absolutely great to get along. Support country football and uh, we'll see you there tomorrow night. The WA Country Footy League podcast for you and there are a couple of great centenaries that are being celebrated this weekend in the Central Wheatbelt Football League but we go to Ben Cubbon first of all and Peter Waters is with us and Pete's got a lot of information about what's been happening with Ben Cubbon over the years but Pete I can probably safely say mate you weren't there at that first game in 1920 at the Mandigar Sports Ground were you? 
No, no, you can definitely safely say that, Glenn. <laughs> Mate, uh, we go back 100 years of competition, 101 years for the club. Um, ben Cubbon won their first game back then. Now, uh, you're part of the Dampier Football Association that included Ben Cubbon, Knoppen, also uh, Muck and Budden, Nungaran training and a couple of others. But, uh, mate, what's it been like to be at the helm for this particular celebration coming up this week? Oh, very special. I think, I'm not sure exactly how many clubs around the state have managed to take over 100 years, but anyone who's in those volunteering roles and that and what has to be done each week to keep, you know, um, winter sport and stuff going, it, it's, it really is a great achievement. Now, your first game was on the 16th of May in uh, 1920. Ben Cubbon won by six points. I've done a little bit of digging here, mate. I've spoken to a few people. There. Charlie Collins Jr. was the best on ground. But what was it about their jumpers that were very unique in that first year? Well, some of the older ladies uh, that uh, remembered, um, they were telling us that the um, original jumpers were ex-army jumpers and they sewed a uh, knitted sash across the front of them um, you know, to make them look like a footy jumper, which was so, which looked really great until the first few tackles. The, it is, as you can imagine, the knitted pulled off the jumper really easily. So they spent a lot of time uh, repairing jumpers to get them to the game each week. Mate, what else has the archives brought up for you? No doubt there'd be a lot of people who have got a long, rich memory about the Ben Cubbon sports team and the, the footy team in particular, about what has happened with the club over the years. You've been a little light on in premierships, but uh, that hasn't stopped the fabric and the tradition of the club. No, I think um, I think if, if you try to measure a footy team by a premiership alone, I don't think you see the full picture. I think the fact that you've managed to click over 100 years, um, the the volunteering and that that people provide. You know, we've still got a lot of the uh, we've got some people still in their 90s that still help, help out in the kitchen, which is you know, as far as I'm concerned, just amazing. Mm. Um, as far as other icons, they tell me, and I actually can't fully confirm this, but um, John Beagley, who's um, a life member of the club and has been a legend. Both him and his son had won the not only the club fairest and best, but they both also won the league fairest and best, which is known as the Jeffries Medal. That's pretty outstanding, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So um, we also come across... So Ben Cubbon won three flags in a row, so 1925, 1926 and 1927. Yep. We, there was a lady who rang me out of the blue a couple of years ago. Um, she wanted to know her dad was named Cecil Chapman who played in those three grand finals. She wanted to know where his farm was because she sort of didn't know because he farmed in the area. So with the help of one of the local ladies, found out where the farm was and she came up and visited. She found three premiership medallions. So that would have been for the Dampier Football Association. Yes, yeah. And she gifted them to the club oh. um, because we'd gone out of their way to, you know, help find out where, um, where Cecil farmed and that. So that's just an amazing treasure for us to have. Now, Pete, this is the first time you and I have spoken, but I've got goosebumps from that particular story. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? To to go back in history and find all of that, it's it's very rare, but um, that's the fabric of country footy too, isn't it? Where sometimes, you know, all your mail goes to the post office or, or you know, you just go to a footy club and you can find out just exactly what's happening in town. Yeah, no, exactly. And it was just, it, it was simply, it was a call out of the blue, to be honest, Glenn. And this lady said, look, I've found these medallions. I don't know what she said. I know, don't know what they are. She said, I know that you're Central Wheat Belt, but they got Dampia. But she um, she just wanted to know some info. So luckily, one of the local families, the Coopers, they actually own Cecil's property now. So mm-hmm. they were happy to show her where it was and that. And she was just so blown away that she said, look, I could have been anyone asking these questions. And she said, you took the time. And she said, 
I'd, I'd just be so happy that um, that the club gets to keep these medallions. Unbelievable. Mate, what a rich part of that history you now have as well. Mate, um, Michael Putt's organising a bit of a local legends game. How's that coming along for this weekend? Yeah, really good. We are sort of a little bit worried early on because um, whether we would get enough numbers, but I think the last time I spoke to him, we were looking at about uh, 26 guys aside, so over 50 guys, which we certainly didn't expect. Um, there's going to be a lot of humour um, amongst it. it. It will certainly be a good day. We've actually spoken with uh, Footy Radio and um, Macca, who you may have been yep. familiar with. Yep. He's going to come and um, uh, commentate for us and just make a, a bit of a light-hearted recording because we just decided there was a lot of people that couldn't turn up because of COVID, etc. So if we did a live stream of it and then we'll have a record of it for the future. Mate, where can we find that live stream? Is that going to be on your Facebook page? Yes, so it'll be on our Facebook page and the link will be to Footy Radio. So it'll be live streamed on the day and then obviously we'll have the um, we'll have the recording of it to be able to watch later on. So um, anyone who's seen the stuff that Macca does with football yep. and the guys from Footy Radio, it's um, yeah, it's always been well done. No, he is top notch, mate. Absolutely, and he's done a lot around the state as well. Hey, um, have you got St John Ambulance on standby for the local Legends game? Have you managed to probably get all of the sub branches across the, uh, the the length and the breadth of the nation? Because some of these local mate, some of them, if they pull a hammy, um, could be a rather interesting experience. It could be. Um, the, the St John's, have, they were going to organise us two ambulances. Um, I think it was a bit of tongue-in-cheek, but uh, but they're going to be there early for the game. Um, I think they decided that tomorrow the busiest person might be the trainer, um, <laughs> trying to trying to keep guys patched up. But I'm, I'm sure it'll be a lot of fun. There's a lot of good characters in amongst it. Um, we've managed to get um, Robert Bragel, who's one of the local footballers here, uh, in time, he's going to talk with Macca and those two bounce off each other pretty well for commentary. So it, it'll definitely be worth watching. Oh, fantastic, mate. And then you've, of course, got the game. And then what's happening into the evening? Into the evening. So we have our 100-year celebration. So we will, um, we're going to have... Uh, we've got a display of all of the old jumpers that we've managed to dig out over time. We've got a display of our honour board finished off. So um, they lost some stuff over time but I think it starts at 1965 and goes right through to 2021 um, so we, we tongue in cheek we had 2020 down as the last year on the end of this honour board but we've made it and um, yeah so pretty happy about that we'll also Ross Perry who's a life member of the footy club so he's 97 he lives up uh, Geraldton Way um, had a chance to um, speak with his daughter and uh, lo and behold uh her and her husband put together a little video from Ross. So we'll be playing that on the night. That goes for a couple of minutes. He was a part of the 1949 Grand Final. So before coming to Ben Carbon, never played football in his life. And um, yeah, he's played for about eight or nine years for the club and yeah, really enjoyed his time. So he just talks through some of the guys that were, that were in the 1949 Grand Final. Awesome, mate. Some fantastic opportunities for you this weekend, which is great to see. 101 years, but celebrating your 100th year in competition. COVID stuffed you around a little bit, mate, but uh, fingers crossed. Uh, we're, we're a couple of days out from your big event, but uh, I don't think that uh, any of the hold-ups that you've had previously will affect you, mate. All the very best luck for a great weekend, and great to hear Ben Cubbon celebrating 100 years this week. Great. Thanks very much for that, Glenn.
And an opportunity as well to talk to another club who are celebrating a centenary this weekend. And it gives us a great honour to hear more about the Quarter Football Club and the Quarter Kangaroos. We've got plenty of information to come out about the Quarteroos. And joining us today, we welcome Nick Chandler, who's got all the details for us. He's the president of Quarter. G'day, Nick. How's things, mate? Yeah, good, thanks. Yourself? Yeah, oh, mate, thanks, very mate. very good, very good. All the preparations for you, mate, are coming up because it's a big weekend. Lots of centenaries around uh, the uh, Central Wheatbelt Football League at the moment. But I want to talk more about quarter, mate, and um, I suppose a, a bit more about the history of quarter. Years gone by, quarter used to have its own football association. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, back in the, the day. So when we first formed as a club... Um, we played in the Gabon and Districts Football Association for the first nine or so years and then um, formed our own football association with smaller communities nearby from 1929 to 1957. That's almost about the time that the Central Wheatbelt Footy League got underway. So I think you were one of the foundation members of that. Was there or was there a time before that had happened? Uh, yeah, so 1968 yep. from what I've seen, the Central Wheatbelt Footy League was a merger of the Dampier Footy Association and the Quarter Wiley Footy Association. Okay, so you went on to the Quarter Wiley and then obviously uh, into yep. the into the Central Wheat Belt that way. Mate, uh, just a, a little bit more about some of the history. I know just off the cuff, have you th- gone through some of the archives or gone through some of the, the different records that have been around the place uh, that have, you know, sort of spiked your interest? Yeah, it's been really interesting preparing for the, the 100-year centenary. Um, we found a lot of info that we didn't previously know and even found a premiership that we didn't know we won back in <laughs> 38 and 39 together. So. so, Mate, that's like you know finding that lotto ticket that you've realised that you've got Division 1 and it's been parked down the back of the couch. So it must have been a, a fun occasion to find out that, oh, hang on a minute, we need to add this one into the premiership books. Yeah, yeah, it was good sifting through all the old documents and info that had been stored over the years. Um, it took the guys quite a while, but to their credit, they... Um, very persistent. <laughs> Very good, mate. Hey, uh, we'll come back and talk about the 1975 Lancelot fishing trip in a few minutes because I've found some, some records on that. But just some of the players who have come through the Quarter Footy Club. Justin Troy Longmuir, they're from Quarter Way. Uh, they played a little bit of their juniors through there. Obviously went on to bigger and better things in the AFL. Has there been some other high-profile footy players out of the Quarter Footy League? Or the, uh, the, the club? Yeah, so we've had many players over the years that have played at the Waffle level and a lot of locals that had incredible talent and if they had have wanted to go that direction, they would have well and truly succeeded. Um, even right across the whole league, there's been a number of people that have gone through the AFL level, which is really good. It gives the juniors sort of a path that if they're dedicated enough, they can see their way to glory. Yeah, Wayne Ma is a name that comes to mind. He was a bit of an icon, wasn't he? I think he played over 200 games. Yeah, Jubes, one of our life members, is certainly a character. Um, there are a lot of stories about this bloke, but he's a genuinely nice guy that helps anyone out. He's, um, yeah. What's he doing for the club these days? What was that, sorry? What's he, what's he involved with with the club these days? He just come down and heckle from the sidelines or what? Yeah, no, he definitely comes down and supports the guys. Yeah, comes down and watches the games. So it's good. And awesome, mate. And yeah, I think there was a write up that I saw about his 200th game, which was recent. Uh, well, not, no, his 200th game wasn't recent, but um, <laughs> I recently saw that particular post. Mate, there were some reports from this 75 Lancelin fishing trip I want to find out about, mate, because it was rather interesting. Um, the reports that I had started off with, you know, the coaches and the captain having a bit of a report. And by the end, you sort of realised that the supporter who was part of the particular journey um, gave a bit more of an accurate account of what had happened. I think there was a 
pre-season trip that was over to Lanson and it was allegedly a fishing trip where uh, it was all about putting in the most to the club and getting geared up for the big season. But conveniently, this is what I found convenient here, Nick, was that the radiator ran dry at the Wongan Hills pub. Um, mate, it must have been a good time back in 1975 for those sorts of stories to come out. Yeah, I, I read that same article as well. And um, we've actually got that on display for the weekend as part of the memorabilia. And along with most footy trips, it's a, a very social side of things. And we like to report on the training and the hard work we do. But obviously the old supporter there let a few truths out of the bag. And um, all footy trips are the same. When you get a big group of blokes together going away, having a few quiet beers, something entertaining always happens. And just so happened to be at the Wongan pub on the way home <laughs> on that day. Well, yeah, the, the way it was written, the radiator ran dry conveniently around the area. I thought, oh, yeah, 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 no, that's a fair account. It was it was accurate, probably, more like the thirst had run dry rather than the radiator. Mate, um, yeah. kangaroos have had recent success over the last few years. I think it's been an on-again, off-again sort of premiership for you, one year on, one year off. Um, but uh, I suppose your last premiership in 2019 with no competition last year was over Mucker. Um, there's, there's been a, a little bit of success of late, hasn't there? Yeah, we've had a pretty good run in the last 10 or 12 years. Um, and like every club, we do remember the the times that we had that we were fair bit off the pace. Um, but yeah, just lucky things clicking. Um, any team that switched on can come out and win on any given day. And yeah, that day in Mucker, or against Mucker, we were just fortunate to have some big body players that were all on song that day and didn't miss a beat. Mm. Mate, how are things going at quarter this year? Rob Rouch, your coach out there, how's, how's he got the team ticking along? Yeah, things are ticking along okay. This year we've got a group of young blokes coming through, which is really good for the long-term future of the club. Um, we've had our fair share of injuries this year. Um, we've only really fielded a full team and bench once, um, so numbers have been pretty tight, but we've got a core group of players that have played 50 to 100 games together and Rouch's a, a great leader and gets the best out of the boys and that's the standard's pretty high. Eight and one you are, mate, and you're still saying that you've had a pretty lean odd year on personnel at eight to see if you've had a full year of personnel. That would have been uh, pretty troubling, mate, for, for many of the other teams. Uh, but uh, your recruitment has a bit of a mining flavour. There's a few players who are from the Railways Football Club who have grown up through the Goldfields way. Uh, what's the link there with the quarter footy club? Yeah, so quite a few of the boys do have connections back to Cow. Um, a lot of the guys went to school together. A lot of them worked together. Um, yeah, we've just been fortunate enough to keep that same group for a very long time. Um, it's brilliant. Their families come along and support the town and all the sports as if it's their own town. Um, it's really pleasing. Mate, that's almost the flavour of the Railways Footy Club and they were very successful. Some of those players have got medallions around their neck in the in the numerous and the multiples because of um, those connections through Railways. I know that pretty well. Mate, yep. uh, what, what is planned for the weekend? What have you got going on for celebrating the Quarter Footy Club centenary? Yep, so yeah, we've got a, a big weekend. We've got netball, hockey and footy against Beacon. Um, gates open from 10.30 with lunches and afternoon tea as usual. Memorabilia on display all day. Um, for the evening, we've got some wood-fired pizzas on the menu, thanks to one of our sponsors, Quaid Agri Services, our local nutrient branch. Um, and we've got a band to 
party the night away after formalities. Lovely, mate. A good night for all. And also just a very quick one, and I know it is a big round as well for the WA Country Footy League, but think mental health round as well, mate. And I know uh, speaking to, to many other people who are involved in the leagues this weekend, they've got representative players who are at all different parts of the compass, both men and women. Um, very, very vital, especially for country leagues as well here, Nick, to uh, to have the opportunity to talk to a mate or to, to open up and have that conversation about their mental health. And you must find it as a president that there's people around clubs who, uh, you know, as soon as you start to talk to someone, you could probably realise that things are not right, but to pass on some advice to them. Yeah, definitely. And living in small communities, it's all about supporting each other through the good and bad times. Um, across our whole region, we've had a real hard 12 months, not only through COVID, but there's been lots of accidents, tragedies and suicides. So when you live out regional like this, it's all about being there for each other. The more tools and information out there, the more we talk about mental health, the better for everyone. Well, well said, Nick. Appreciate it, mate, your time with us. Uh, good luck to the Quarter Footy Club this weekend, mate. Uh, you are uh, celebrating 100 years, which is outstanding. And, and, Nick, you don't look a day over that, mate. So thanks very much for joining us today as part of our podcast. And good luck for a good weekend, mate. No worries. Thanks for having us on. Well, a great show, and thanks to all of our guests who have joined us, Michelle and Craig, and thanks also to Nick and Peter for all of the details in this particular show. We really appreciate everybody jumping on board with the WA Country Footy League podcast. Uh, make sure you share it around with your team and also to your mates as well, and don't forget, experiencing mental health issues, your GP can help. Getting help early can make a difference. All of the messages at thinkmentalhealthwa.com.au and Think Mental Health Round for the WA Country Footy League. It is a big round. There's lots of resources there. It's not evasive, so if you you are going through a bit of a rough trot yourself, you can find out all of the details there at thinkmentalhealthwa.com.au on who to talk to and how to get some advice. Hey, we're back again next week with the WA Country Footy League podcast. It's a big one and it will be here for you next Thursday. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe to ensure that you get the opportunity to hear the podcast first if you're a subscriber. Otherwise, you've got to wait for the link to come out and then the news might be a bit old and then you haven't heard about yourself kicking 20 goals on the weekend. But, hey, it is outstanding nonetheless. And thanks again to uh, the WA Country Footy League for jumping on board and helping us support all of the footy around regional Western Australia. It is always a great opportunity to talk about leagues and state teams, as we have done in this particular episode as well. So lots going on in the WA Country Footy League. G'day to Ben Crouch from the Dampier Sharks Footy Club. Just a quick one. He is the West Coast Poly Player of the Week. Good on you, Benno, up there with the Dampier Sharks. They're doing all right in the season as well. Good on you, Ben. Uh, That wraps up our podcast. Enjoy, and we will... We'll talk again next week. The WA Country Footy Podcast is produced by Industry Link Media.